So recently I was sitting around a table with a few friends. There were probably eight of us and we were talking about the thing that I bet you were talking about with your friends around that same time. What are you doing for the new year? What's your word? What's your thing? And for me, I love those conversations because it represents how a person, a friend, a leader is reflecting about themselves and what they're aiming for, for the year. So for me, that's why I'm excited about our topic today. We're talking about personal momentum, not group momentum, not organizational momentum, because let's face it, for me, I can gain momentum really quick and lose my own personal momentum even faster. But as a leader, I need to be able to lead myself, not just other people. And we all know that leading ourselves requires discipline and planning and follow through and integrity, Ugh, all those hard things. But catch this, if we struggle to lead ourselves, for example, if we don't follow through on our own personal goals, if we're not reading scripture, or whatever it is, then there's a gap in how we behave at home and whatever that place is that we lead. And if that's true, man, oh man, are we going to struggle with imposter syndrome? You know what I mean by that, don't you? Imposter syndrome, it's this mindset that says, I'm a fraud. I can't really do this. If people really knew what I was like, dot, dot, dot. And ultimately, I shouldn't be here. I'm disqualified to do the things that God's asked me to do. And here's the thing about imposter syndrome. Women who love Jesus really struggle with this. And then the internal dialogue really, really goes sideways. And it starts sounding like this. I can't do the thing God asks me to do. This is big stuff, my friends. So yeah, being women who finish what they start really, really matters. So let's talk about personal momentum. Because when you know how to leverage it, everything changes. And then you are discipling your own self based on what the Holy Spirit's doing. And then ultimately, you don't have to work so hard. So let's hit it. And let's talk about getting and maintaining personal momentum. You're listening to the Leader Lab Podcast, a podcast that inspires women to know God, love and lead others, and take their next steps in their God-given callings. I'm Andy Bruce, and I'm pretty passionate about investing in and partnering with women leaders who love Jesus and who raise their hand saying, God, if you're looking for someone to use, I'm right here. So let's talk about how. How? I mean, how? How do we step deeper into what that looks like? So here we are. It's not quite the beginning of the year, but can we just roll with it? Because here's what I think is true. So like I mentioned earlier, I'm sitting at dinner with friends and I'm hearing incredible things. And here's what that shows us is when people share the thing that they're starting. So it's a new year, it's 2023. And it generates a whole lot of conversation about what people are starting. Here's why that's important. You get to exercise self-reflection because we only start things if we see the need for them. If there's a tension, a problem, an issue, and a recognition of deficiency within us, 
guess what most of us, especially you guys who are listening to this podcast, are going to do? We're going to address it. Here's what I've learned. I don't know, everybody, not even close, but the people who listen to this podcast, they're typically women, although the the analytics say that almost, almost half are men. So weird, but love it. And these are people, the ones that I have relationship, they are out doing something. They're not passive. They're not simply observers. They're not watcher. They're not watchers. These are influential people who have ideas that they implement with the people around them. In other words, that's all code for leaders. And what do leaders do? They don't just lead other people. They know how to lead themselves. This is a huge part of, for me personally, my personal discipleship, learning how to follow through, not on uh, commitments that I give to other people that I'm leading. That's easy because they're going to be there. I've got to show up with something and I've got to follow through. It's so easy for me to make good on my commitments with the people around me when I'm responsible to them. But when it comes to leading myself, there's nobody but me to be accountable to. Nobody's going to follow up if I don't want them to, because often what people do is tuck deep and keep secret their personal commitments to themselves so that they don't have to be accountable to other people with them. So here's what we want to do is we don't just want to lead other people well. We want to lead ourselves really well. That the thing that we say between us and God that we're going to do, we do it. We make good. We follow through. Now, not with perfection. You guys, that's not even supposed to be in the wheelhouse. It's with commitment, determination, recognizing where it's not working and modifying. That's perfectly fine because that's when you get to finish it. It's only when you're in the middle that you get to see what needs to be tweaked so that you could reach the finish line. So what we're talking about today is not momentum for a group. It's not momentum for the people that you lead, for your teams, for your life groups, for your ministries, whatever it may be. We're talking about personal momentum so that when we start things, we can actually finish them. For the record, you guys know me. I'm not the best finisher. I'm a fantastic starter. And over the years, I think 10 years ago, even five years ago, I would start things and start things and start things and occasionally finish something. These days, whatever I say I'm going to do, I can nearly guarantee you I'm going to get it done. Now, it's really bothering me because there was one thing a couple years ago that I said I was going to get done. And I haven't. It's publishing uh, the research that I did in my doctorate program. And then the pandemic and then hard, you know, starting a new job. So I am actually meeting with somebody and we're going to start talking about what I need to do. So it's these kind of things. Are you a good finisher? If you are, then maybe I'm going to give you a couple ideas that you could add to your existing repertoire. If you're not, oh my goodness, I love it because I get you. But I've become a really great finisher these days, not with perfection. And certainly when I get in the middle and it's not working, oh, heck yeah, I'm modifying, but not to get myself off the hook so that it would be more um, in line of who I really am. And when things are in line with who we really are, my goodness, we're going to finish them. 
And so sometimes one area that's really gotten me off track with finishing and following through with my commitments is this, not understanding really how I'm wired, not really understanding how I tick. So when I see something work for someone else, I'm like, great, I'll do it like that and do what they did. Well, guess what? It doesn't work for me because I'm not wired like that. So for me, that's a lot of my adjustment is going, ah, man, here's what I wanted to do, but I did it in a way that doesn't resonate with how God's wired me. So those are the adjustments that we make to get to the end. And that's not failure. That's incredible accomplishment. So all that to say, let's talk about personal momentum. We need it probably even more than we realize when it comes to uh, being a disciple of Jesus, um, growing in Christ, finishing what we started, and leading ourselves to become really healthy people so that we um, love and lead others well. So let's start with this first. What does momentum look like in our personal lives? That's what we're talking about, right? Is the things that we're starting so that we can, I don't know, become healthier individuals in our personal life. And if we don't have momentum, it's never going to really take off. And we're not going to have joy and satisfaction in the things we're starting. So that's why this really matters. Let's talk about a couple examples of what momentum looks like on a personal level, not a group level. So here's one. Imagine this. I bet you know exactly what this is like. It's a woman in her... Um, it's nice and early. She's in her bathroom stepping on the scale. You know where I'm going with this. And she'll think to herself, well, I'm seeing progress on the scale because there's a decrease in my weight. And because I've been at this for a little while, therefore my eating plan or my exercise or whatever it is, isn't such a big, huge burden. And I don't feel as restricted by my eating plan anymore. In fact, seeing this progress on the scale and the numbers going the right way slowly and over time, it makes me want to stay on track. And the staying on track is the momentum because now the want to, the desire in this woman to keep going, do the eating plan, exercise, uh, get up and get on the scale, that is the momentum because think about it, there was a shift. Nobody likes starting an eating plan or all this weight loss thing at the beginning. It's terrible. It's a burden. It's no fun. You feel restricted and like you're missing out and you wonder the whole time, am I going to be able to sustain this, right? But then there's a switcheroo that happened. She got on the scale after some time and she's seeing progress, the scale, the numbers going in the right direction. This is the momentum, not the action, but the mindset behind it that says, I'm going to do this a little longer. This is working and I can't wait to see what's going to happen next as I stick to the commitment. That is an awesome example. I think that most people understand of momentum in the personal life. Let me give you another one. Uh, most people understand this one too. So mornings, especially if you've got family, kids, parents, roommates, whomever around you, getting out on time when you've got to be somewhere, uh, it's hard and you really have to be responsible and disciplined. So check this one out. The morning routine plan has been in place for a couple weeks and it's working. 
Instead of feeling stressed about the morning and running late and being a grump to everybody or anyone who's around you, now that you've started the morning routine plan, you're actually kind of enjoying the feeling of success in the morning. So here's a switch in emotions. It went from stress, being mean, waking up late, probably hearing a bunch of lies about uh, failure or lack of responsibility or whatever. But now you have this new morning routine and it's working. The evidence of it working is you're getting out on time, you're less stressed, you're nicer to the people around you, and you feel in control because you're planning a great exit strategy. The switch in emotions going from worry to enjoying the morning routine process, this is evidence of momentum. And it makes you wanna keep doing it. In fact, at this point, I'll bet you somebody in these shoes actually looks forward to the next morning. They're doing a little bit of more prep at night or they're thinking with positive emotions about how the morning is gonna go the next day and they're leaning into it. My friends, personal momentum when we're trying to make a change in our life so that we become more like Jesus and better able to love and serve those around us, this is where it's at. Okay, now this example is for real from me. I feel so proud. <laughs> like, even as I say it, I've got this big sloppy grin on my face because the momentum that I feel is remarkable. I haven't freaked out at my teenage daughter in, I don't know how long, months and months and months and months. These days, I stay calm. I pray. I use this little phrase that keeps me really focused and like keeps me on the big picture and keeps my heart in check. And it's working. Before, it was easy for me to get into the tit and tat and back and forth and feel like because I'm the adult, I'm supposed to be respected, I'm going to dominate my daughter using a loud voice and yelling at her. Um, and when I did, when I kind of went, you know, when there was the yelling that I did, I used to feel such a sense of relief. I could feel the tension building and mounting and then pop, there goes yelling, and it felt so good to yell. These days, there is no reward that I want or have experienced in anger. It's not appealing anymore. These days, I don't feel like I'm always on the losing team when it comes to my parenting game. In fact, because it's been a long time. And remember, momentum doesn't come at the beginning, it happens in the middle. When what you're hoping to see happen, it's actually happening. It's not way out in the future of like, maybe one day this will happen if I can make it that far. Nope, it's happening right now. And momentum makes you want to stay the course. It makes me go, breathe, I'm fine. And I'm not gonna yell. Instead of getting caught in a really loud tango. So this is for me, some awesome personal momentum that makes me want to stay in the game and get better as a mom rather than running my mouth. So let's talk about whatever your new thing is. Remember, we always, especially this group of people, we instill new things for a couple of reasons. One, because there was a problem and we're not okay with that, which really honors God. This group of people the ones that I know are not okay with ongoing sin. You're not okay with not serving and giving and using your life, your behavior, your actions and your words and your money and your time and your energy on others for the kingdom of God. Therefore, 
what we know about this group of people, you, me, is that we do new things. We start new things. We try new things. We're like, Lord, this time I'm in. Like whatever you need to do, let's go. Whenever we start a new thing, there just is excitement. We talked about this last week on episode 56. Excitement happens at the beginning of something. So how do you know that you're still excited and at the beginning of something? Well, let's talk about that. For me, if I'm still talking about the new thing, I'm still excited. For other people, there's maybe still a natural energy. There's planning. There's... um setting aside time, there's an organization system around it that you're doing that gives you energy, that's excitement. And it's great. You don't have to talk yourself into the new behavior. You're just naturally motivated to keep on going. Good. Ride the excitement wave and enjoy it for as long as you can. Then when you notice that the natural excitement starts to fade, don't panic. Don't get all discouraged and don't think that you're going to quit like you did last time when this happened. You're fine. Because here's the problem. Here's the deal. All excitement fades because it's just an emotion. So expect the emotion to fade eventually. But then here's what I want you to do. Keep an eye out for when the excitement fades. If you can start to recognize it, If you can see a pattern of, oh, I'm having to talk myself into this far more than I was a month ago, great. Recognize it. Don't get discouraged. It's like you're going to downshift into neutral, and then I'll tell you how to do that. But when you have to start talking yourself into doing your thing, the excitement's faded. When you have to reward yourself with something big because you did your thing or you're hoping that's going to help you to do it, the excitement has left the building. When you forget to do your thing, whatever it might be, FYI, the excitement is over. But that's okay, because this is where we shift gears so that momentum kicks in rather than the excitement. So now let's talk about how to build momentum. Remember, momentum comes in the middle of something. So here are some ways to build momentum so that when the natural excitement wears off and fades, and we all know it's going to, you can still finish your thing. So here's what you need to know first. Momentum builds when you do something every day. Did you catch the word every day? Because man, this word every day can kill me because it's every day. Momentum builds when we do something every day. I love to take mini breaks from something. And I'm, uh, don't get sidetracked, Andy, but mini breaks are awesome. But they're intentional mini breaks. And sometimes for some of us, this word every day feels like it's got a little bit of a chokehold. But this everyday aspect is crucial to building momentum. So with this in mind, I want to talk about, I think, five ways to build momentum. Number one, oh my goodness, this one is so important. Remind yourself daily of your commitment to the new behavior or whatever you're starting and why it matters. This last part, the why it matters, it really matters. This is where your commitment juices get flowing. Not because you're being reminded of the task. You guys, that's not super helpful. When I see a task pop up, when I know that there's something hard that uh, takes a lot of effort to do, seeing a reminder is not a motivator. 
Reminders are not motivators. They're just reminders. But when we think about why the task matters, game changer. Let me give you some examples. Lots of my friends are committing to reading the Bible in a year. It's really cool. I'm so proud of them. I feel like a champion behind them being like, go do it, do it. And here's why, uh, at least with some conversations I've had, this woman at my local church, she's like, I love God. I'm growing in these last four years. I feel like a different person. I'm nodding my head. I'm like, totally. Yep, totally. 100%. And then she said, and then it dawned on me. I've never really read the Bible. There's books and stories and people that I never laid my eyes on. And she said, I recognized a gap of I'm I'm maturing in Christ. I'm growing. I'm developing. I'm being responsible. She's a leader of a lot of people. And she's like, there was a dissonance or a gap because of the lack of reading the Bible. And she's like, enough. I'm in. All, all in of reading the Bible in a year. I'm so excited for her. And those stories can go on and on. So if you're a chick who's committed to reading the Bible in a year, here's what I would suggest. Daily remind yourself, I will read the Bible in a year because dot, 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 fill in the blank as specifically as you can. Remind yourself daily what your why is. Put a sticky note on your mirror. Some chicks use like, I don't know, eyeliner or lipstick or whatever to write on the mirror. Put a note card in your car. Set an alarm at the time of day. Not when you're hustling and bustling, but at the right time of day. Not to remind yourself of what the task is. Because remember, reminders are not motivators. Instead, remind yourself of why on earth the task matters to you. Who are you going to become? What is God doing in you that this matters? So for Andy and I, (laughs) we are on an eating plan that started January 1st. (sighs) It's not fun. No eating plan is fun. You know what I mean? Like there's restrictions. And for us, it's pretty absolute. There's only three meals a day, only. Granted, they're substantial. There's no sugar and there's no flour. You know what? We've done this before, and particularly my husband. It's He enjoys it. He will stick with it. We actually don't feel restricted. So this is our commitment. Listen, it's not because we enjoy the restrictions. It's the why behind it. For Andy and I, we talk about yeah, a little bit about what we ate or if we got on the scale that day and what that was like. But what we really talk about is why it matters. And for me, I know exactly my why is number one, I want to be a parent that could keep up with the kids, not just this year, but in 20 years, which starts today. I want to be able to do the things, go on excursions, go zip lining, go climbing something, go on trips that require physical fitness because that's what they like to do. Well, if I want to be with them, I've got to be able to do the things they're doing. So that's my why number one. My number two is this. If God called Andy and I to do something that took place in a different geographic, a different context, that's maybe a little bit more physical, 
I want to be like, we're ready to go, Lord, because holistically, we're following Jesus. So for me, my why actually doesn't have much, much to do with weight, although my clothes were fitting tight. And those are real easy, low hanging fruit. My big wise, I want to be with my kids doing what they're doing. And I want to be able to go and do whatever it is that God says to do. That's my why. And I'll tell you, that is motivating. Not a thing that's like, get on the scale. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Or put the sugar down or whatever. But my why, that breathes life into my commitment. So that's my why. What's yours? The more specific and the more that you could think about it. Put an alarm on your phone. Um, Maybe it's first thing in the morning. Maybe it's last thing at night. Whatever it is for you of think about your why. Not the task, although that's great, but think and be intentional about thinking, why does the task matter? Who am I going to become along the way? How does it honor God? If we can answer those and purposefully daily think about them, shoo, we're going to be in great shape. Number two, plan your new thing. Plan it. Like, put it on the calendar. For me, if it's going to happen, it's going to show up on my calendar. And the adverse is true. If I don't really care, it's not on my calendar. If it's not something that I'm really committed to, you're not going to see it amongst the other things that I am committed to on my calendar. Uh, You guys have heard it said, just like I have so many people, so many great, wise people have said, if it really matters, it's going to show up on your calendar. So right now, I would wonder for you, is there evidence of the new thing you started on your calendar? Is the task there? Is some reflection time there? Is some planning there? Is some follow-up thing there? For me, I am looking at my calendar somewhat in paranoia, but still, I'm looking at my calendar six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a day to make sure I'm not missing anything. The things that matter and the things that will get done show up on my calendar. FYI, if you are, whether you're a calendar girl, a calendar girl, or not, if you are interested in a little bit more of some ways that, oh, I'm really enjoying using some calendar tricks, some hacks, some, for me, thinking out of the box when it comes to a calendar, which if you want to kill me, give me a calendar. But I recognize it as a crucial. It's it's needed. So in episode number 55, I walk through some tricks, some hacks, some ways to breathe life into my calendar. You could check it out if you want. So number one, know your why and daily, just casually think about your why. The more you do it daily, the more it's going to come up throughout your day, keeping you really focused, not just of the task, but of why it matters. Number two, plan it. If it's not on your calendar, then I would question, does this really matter to the extent that you think it does? If it's on your calendar, that's when you know the rubber has met the road. Number three. I love number three, small goals, small, small, really small goals result in really big wins. My friends, we really mess this up by thinking that big goals, big, big, big are big wins. Nope. 
big goals with no plans or big goals that are just too big for where you're at right now (laughs) make us feel like big losers when we don't succeed. That's why I love small, tiny, petite, little dainty goals. Small goals that are short. Sometimes they're just a few days or just a few minutes, like literally five minutes. I love five minute little tiny goals because I'm so much more likely to do that than something that's even 15 minutes. So small goals that are short, just a few days, just a few minutes, or just a simple small task, these we can do. Make it small so that it's not daunting. You don't have to make a huge meal plan for a month. Just make it for three days. Yep just three days. Then if your goal eventually is to make a monthly meal plan, do the three days, three or four or five times, and then just rotate your three days into a monthly calendar and boom. I don't know about you, but making a 30 day meal plan, oh my goodness, kill me. But ask me to make a three day meal plan. You guys, I could do that in like two or three or four minutes and follow through on it. Well, if you want to get to a 30-day thing, great. Just do a three-day one, three or four or five times, and then rotate it. See how we took a big goal and made it into something that's ridiculously small? And then we're like, that's no big deal. I could do that right now. Yep, that's the point, is to stay really focused on your big goal by breaking it into teeny, teeny, tiny ones that make you feel like that is so not a big deal. But you do it consistently And then boom, now you're at a 30-day meal plan. Or boom, now you've gotten through more Bible reading than you ever have. So let's talk about Bible reading. I've talked to several friends, like I said, they're in the Bible for the year for the first time. I love it, love it, love it. But here's the thing, 365 days, shoo, you're biting off a bunch, like a whole bunch. But what if we took that 365 day thing and we broke it down into, I don't know, let's play with it. You don't have to do the whole reading in one sitting. Or you don't have to feel like a loser if you started reading, but shoot, something interrupted you, something came up, and now you feel like, see, I can't get through the whole thing. Yeah, you can. On hard days that you know are gonna be crazy or when an interruption happens, have a backup plan. So you break it up into five minute chunks three times and you finish your day in just another little tiny five minute chunk if you have to. Or if you're afraid of getting behind, I'm telling you, make a backup plan. What if you thought about this in, especially at the beginning, three day cycles or five day cycles and you said to yourself, I read the Bible for three days in a row. I read the Bible for three days in a row. Awesome. Then if you fall behind, guess what? You're not eight days behind because you've got a three-day cycle in your mind. And then at the end of three days, you're going to start over. It's going to keep you from getting so many days behind that you feel like, forget it. I knew I couldn't do this. Nope. Make a plan for if you miss your goal. By the way, here's my plan. When I'm not in the word or if I'm getting interrupted, here's what I say. If I miss my goal, If I'm not with God, if I'm not opening the Bible, or or if when I am, I get interrupted, I'm going to listen to a Bible app that reads the Bible to me. Now, I don't listen and learn so well. Some of you guys do. I love it for you guys. I like the tactile practice of reading something and seeing it in black and white. For me, I'm so visual that works. 
but this is my backup plan because I want to be in the Word. And nobody said that there's only one way with a physical Bible or with my app on my phone and it's a quiet setting. No way. If I'm behind, I'm going to pop open my app and listen to the guy, the AI or what artificial intelligence, whoever it is on the app, read the Bible to me. Because then, even if though I've quote unquote missed it, no, I haven't. I'm in it. It's just different. And but it still counts. Achieving really small goals for your new big thing builds momentum. Really small, so small that your thing doesn't feel like a giant mountain or a giant dread to you or feel impossible when you have no energy left. Instead, take it and make it so simple that you're like, oh my goodness, I could do that right now. And then you actually do. Even if you do that a couple times through the day, it's incredible versus making a big change that we think has to have a big task to it. No, if we want to see a big change, awesome. Break it up into what's your teeny tiny step to take today that's going to be so easy that you have the energy and the time and the bandwidth to do right now. That's when you know you're on track with a really awesome teeny tiny small goal. So now we're on number four, get it done as early in the day as possible. Why have it hanging over you all day? Because you know that as soon as you complete your thing, you're going to feel like a million bucks, super relieved and even really proud of yourself. Why not get that feeling early in the day? Instead, when we don't get it done early in the day, it's like we're choosing to feel the weight of that thing needing to get done hanging over us all day long. Because here's what I've learned. The longer I push it off, oh, the less chance I am to actually do it because I'll think of new excuses to not do it. And basically, I give life too many opportunities to sidetrack me and totally interrupt me from doing my thing. Instead, I'm learning, and I mean slow, but steady. Just get it done. The earlier, the better. Because when I do it, that feeling of success, responsibility, accomplishment, And sometimes even gratitude to God for letting me do the thing, it just comes, right? I mean, come on, I dread exercising. I don't like it. I'm not a chick who's like, oh, I just need to exercise every day and I'll feel better. No, but after I do exercise, I'm like, God, thanks for exercise. It's better than I thought. And I do kind of maybe slightly feel a little bit better. So thanks, God. Get your thing done early in the day. You're gonna be so glad you got it done. Here's our last one, number five. You know your why statement we talked about a few minutes ago? For me, my why of doing an eating plan is to keep up with the kids and be ready for whatever God calls me to do. Okay, that's the why I'm talking about. Keep that baby, whatever it is for you, front and center. You you not only use it to remind yourself of why you're doing the task, you use it to reinforce who you're becoming when you finish the task. Okay, I'm going to say that a, a little bit differently. Okay, I get that the motivation comes from understanding why the thing matters. But when you do your thing, say your why afterward. I'm going to give you a couple examples. Pretend you're the woman who's doing the daily Bible chapters and you're going to remind yourself, I'm a, here's what you could do. I'm a Bible reader because I want to know God through the word. Here's another example. My best friend, her word this year is wisdom. Her and her family, her people are really leaning into this word wisdom. And as she's reflecting on it and gaining wisdom, 
And as she's reading about wisdom in scripture, here's what I would say to her. Say to yourself, God gives me wisdom. I'm becoming a wise woman. Say this every single time. You know why? Because purposefully tying your identity to your positive behavior slowly reshapes your identity, which determines what you do. As we tie not only what we do, but who we are in Christ together, those sort of things become synonymous. And it's like this for me. Um, for me, I'm reading the Bible and I mean, really, I read the Bible just about every single day. But here's the thing for me. I do it because I want to know God, because I believe it, because I am convinced that it's through scripture reading that I'm going to become the person God's made me. And that's going to be my super highway to knowing God deeply. But let me be real. I'm not a person who's enthused to read the Bible. Instead, it's more like an anchor. It doesn't have a whole lot of big feelings of excitement and passion. It just doesn't. Instead, I know that this is going to be the thing that anchors me to the truth. But it's not so fun sometimes. And on my off days when I'm not reading scripture, I definitely can feel like the guilt and it mounds or to be like, "Ah, I just can't right now. Kind of negative emotions regarding scripture. But because I am in scripture regularly, what I'm learning to do is to, after I do the behavior of reading the Bible, I'll be like, I'm a Bible reader. This is what I do. I read the Bible because I want to know God more. And I'm saying this phrase not to try to convince myself. It's not a motivation. It's a fact. I read scripture. And as I'm just sort of tying this to my identity like this, I'm a Bible reader. I'm a Bible reader. It's what I do. I open the Bible to know God more. That positive behavior tied with my why is forming my identity in a way that's totally changing my Bible reading. In fact, because what I'm saying is I'm a Bible reader. It's what I do. Well, guess what? On off times, I'm opening my Bible more in tiny, teeny, tiny little chunks and enjoying it. And I think it's because I'm saying this to myself, Andy, you're a Bible reader. It's what you do. You open the Bible so you can know God more. Now, I'm not trying to convince myself to read the Bible. Instead, I'm reinforcing my identity in Christ. He's given me his word so that I could know him. This is what I do. And it's opening my eyes. It's bringing me a sense of identity tied to this behavior. And again, because I'm already doing the behavior, it's not a stretch. Now, rewind two years ago, if I were to say, I'm a patient mom, I don't yell at my children because I'm a patient mom. Yeah, right. It feels so false because that wasn't so true. That wasn't what was naturally happening. So don't use the phrase if it's not a true statement. But when it is becoming a true statement, tying this to my identity, game changer. I'm also doing this with our eating plan. I'm like, I'm a healthy eater. It's what I do. I eat healthy today. I make really good choices for my body. One, to honor my husband who's got a long time on this eating plan. But two, to reinforce this is just what I do. It's not a big stretch because although it wasn't true three months ago, it was certainly true three weeks ago. So tying my behavior to the positive identity 
it's been so fun and it's totally kicking up motivation and momentum in me because I'm saying to myself, what is actually true? I'm a healthy eater. I eat healthy. And it's becoming in my mind, oh, that's just what I do. So that's been really cool. Really, really cool. Tying my behavior to my identity when it honors Christ. Love it. It's been so fun. Uh, hey, gang, I hope these five things that we talked about, about momentum on in your personal life, choose one. Don't choose all. Choose one. Choose one place to start and just take that little tiny behavior and build it consistently into your day. I'd love to know how it goes for you. All right, gang, can't wait to talk to you about this kind of stuff next week.